to the Uplevel Your Relationships podcast. I'm your hostess, Allison Anderson, MD. This is the place where high-achieving women come to create relationships as extraordinary as their careers. If you're looking to uplevel all of your relationships, including the one with yourself, I've got you. Using evidence-based mindset tools, my training as a life coach, and my own experience as a physician, wife, and mom, I'll teach you everything you need to know to create relationships beyond your wildest dreams. I'm so excited that you're here. Now let's get on with the show. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Uplevel Your Relationships podcast. I've missed you. I've had a couple of really busy weeks, and so I've been away from the podcast, but I'm back and I have two episodes to close out this year of 2023, which by the way, I can't believe how fast this year has flown by. I'm sure a lot of you can relate. It just blows my mind and I don't even know where the year has gone. And I've heard a lot of you Um, both just my clients, acquaintances, random people in the online space that I don't even know, personal friends, etc. A lot of people have been telling me that 2023 was kind of a rough year. And honestly, I think that a lot of us have had a lot of kind of difficult years ever since 2020 when the pandemic started. So if you've had a little bit of a struggle in 2023 in any way, the episode that I have for you today is going to be perfect. Before I dive right into that, I want to just give you a little update as to why I've been a bit MIA on the podcast. The primary reason is that we have a new addition to our family, our three-month-old baby bulldog, Carl, and he is seriously so freaking cute. You can see him sometimes on my social media. I post pictures of him on Instagram and Facebook occasionally, and he's seriously such a little doll. I have a six-year-old German Shepherd mix that I've had since she was a puppy, and then about, I don't know, maybe seven months ago or so, my husband had been wanting an English Bulldog because he loves them, he's had them in the past, and he was really desiring his own dog that's not our crazy German Shepherd mix girl that I've had since before we were together. He was wanting his own little buddy Um, because he has had quite a few years where he hasn't had a dog. So he had been on the lookout for an English bulldog puppy of some kind, and the perfect guy fell into our laps several months ago. His name is Doug. He was seven months old when we adopted him, um, and now he's just over a year. And so he was my first experience with English bulldogs, because I'm always the kind of girl that just has pound puppies and random mutts which is great. Um, But I've also seen with my girl, my German Shepherd, Gypsy, some of these pound puppies are a little bit crazy sometimes. And she's an example of somebody who has a couple of screws loose and I don't really know why. Um, But I love the pound puppies. I love the mixes. And I'd never had any sort of experience with English Bulldogs. So when we adopted Doug, I got my first taste and he's so freaking cute. Like (laughs) they're just really cool, little chubby, lazy guys and they have really chill personalities overall. So we are obsessed with Doug and he and Gypsy are besties. And since we got him, I was just thinking how awesome it would be to get another puppy sort of 
in the same time frame that Doug is going to be a puppy. So I didn't really want to do the thing of like, let Doug grow up and be a few years old and then get another puppy and start over. It's kind of like <laughs> when you wait a long time between <clears throat> having children and you're like, man, we are starting way back at zero in this baby stage. We were like so luxurious being out of it. So anyways, I knew I wanted another dog and I thought it'd be perfect to adopt another puppy while Doug is still pretty young. So we can get these puppy stages kind of out of the way and the destroying of our house <laughs> out of the way all at the same time. And I'd been thinking about a bull bulldog puppy and I'd been wanting a black one, which are sometimes hard to find. And I really hate all the shady breeders and like weird, you know, backyard breeder practices. I definitely do not support that. And just like Doug, this little guy, Carl, kind of just fell into our laps. Like suddenly I found him from an ethical source. He was like right down the street from where my husband and I happened to be the day that I saw him um, online. And it just happened that this perfect little guy came into our lives right when I least expected it, but I'd been thinking about him a lot. So here he is. I don't know. Maybe that's manifesting. Maybe that's just um, the way things work. I'm not sure, but I've been really busy with my little puppy, Carl, who is only three months old and so, of course, requires a lot more attention than the older dogs as far as waking up in the night and um, needing a lot of snuggles. He's so funny. He still, like tries to nurse on our other dogs because he's still kind of in that baby phase. So anyways, it's been really fun having him in our household, especially as we get ready for the holidays, which I am also really proud of myself this year as far as the holidays go. I'm not a Pinterest mom and I'm not usually super organized or amazing with holiday gifts and getting prepared for all of those things. I think it's because for so many years of my girls' lives, I was either really busy um, with my medical training or just overwhelmed with work and having little kids um, or with just being like a single mom and having these girls on my own and having work and all the other responsibilities. So this feels like the first year that I'm super prepared ahead of time for the holidays. Like all of the presents are bought. They're all really good. Everything's wrapped. It's under the tree. I have to give my husband some credit for that because he is really good at doing sweet things and nice gestures. And he's really good at motivating me to <laughs> get the shopping done, get really thoughtful gifts for the girls, get them all wrapped and under the tree so that the girls can really enjoy having this beautiful Christmas decor in our house for more than just a couple of days. So that's all been really, really fun. And another thing that's keeping me busy and it almost feels like Christmas is basically over <laughs> because I've been prepared for it for so long ahead of time this year, um, which is a good thing. So anyways, those are some of my updates. Oh, the other thing that happened recently is that we wrapped up our month long intensive dating without drama. I had the first round of it in November and it was so much fun. I loved running a group course. I loved all of the online modules that I created for it. And I'm really, really excited to run the next round of Dating Without Drama. I was originally planning on kicking off the next round in January, but I've decided that I'm going to take a month off from my business in January. And that's for a lot of reasons, one of them being that I have spent my whole adult life always striving and always doing 
and always getting to the next level in my medical career and with my family, having kids, um, finding a new partner after I was divorced, etc. And then, of course, starting my business. It's been a lot of work, right? And it's so fun. I love it. But I realized that I'm really feeling called to just take a break and relax. I'm in the best anesthesia practice now where I have so much time and space and financial freedom, and I haven't been fully letting myself enjoy that because I've been filling a lot of my time with my business and other things, and I decided I'm going to take a little break, take a month off in January, and just really do a lot of nothing (laughs) on my days off of the hospital and just enjoy our beautiful SoCal weather, which so far this winter is cooperating better than it did last year. You guys know I'm a baby about the weather. I want to enjoy our doggies and my girls and just really have that spacious feeling that honestly for 20 plus years I haven't had. So I'll be taking the month off in January. You will still see me intermittently on social media. You can use it as a great opportunity to catch up on old episodes of the podcast that you haven't heard. And I'm planning to be back with you in February. Okay, so that's like a super long (laughs) tangent intro, but let's get into what I wanted to talk to you about today. So like I was saying, a lot of people have had kind of a rough 2023 There just seems like there's been a lot of stuff going on. There's been stuff going on in the world. There always is, but I think that some really sort of difficult things have come more into our awareness through um, sort of mainstream media, et cetera, and people are feeling really stressed about the events of the world. There's been some financial issues that a lot of people have gone through, and a lot of people have sort of from what I've seen, had some big life changes that aren't necessarily bad and they're probably actually good, but it's just a lot that's been going on and a lot of moving parts. And I've heard not just a few people say that they feel kind of disappointed in 2023. They feel like they've failed in some ways. Um, They haven't met certain goals that they had maybe, and they feel like they've had a lot of setbacks. And one of my mentors, Susan Hyatt, is the one that first introduced me to the quote that every setback is really just a set up for something better that's to come. And I love that frame of mind because if you really dwell on any sort of setback as being like this terrible thing, if you make failure in any way mean that something's gone terribly wrong, you don't really get anywhere. You just get to wallow in feeling terrible. But if you reframe that and you realize that a setback that you've had is really setting you up for something better, then there's a lot more actionable energy behind that. Like you can use that belief system to help drive you forward instead of sitting around in sorrow about the setback that you've had or the failure that you've experienced. If you view it as a setup for something better and a learning experience, then you can really capitalize on that setback and make it work for you. So I wanted to sort of give you my system and my process for taking any setback and turning it into a setup. Because again, what's the downside? I think sometimes we think that we have to feel bad about certain things that happen in our lives, especially if we're high achieving and somehow we don't meet a goal. We think that we are supposed to feel bad about that for an extended period of time, but really that's optional. And the quickly, the more quickly you decide to start viewing your setbacks as setups for what's to come, the more quickly you get out of the funk and get out of the stagnation of just feeling bad about it 
and actually make that setback work for you to take you to an even better place going forward. And so I want you to think about something that maybe you're disappointed about from this past year or any other time. Um, And you can also, of course, use this process in the future because (laughs) the thing about our life is that it's a pretty 50-50 mix of amazingness and kind of shittiness. And so for sure, going forward for the rest of your, your human life, you're going to have failures, you're going to have setbacks, you're going to have disappointments. And so feel free to sort of keep this practice with you Um, so that you can use any of those future failures and setbacks to really set set yourself up for future success. So think about something that you are kind of bummed about, something that you didn't accomplish, a goal that you didn't meet. Um, Maybe it's as far as your dating life or your current marriage. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe it's something related to your health. Maybe it's sort of an unfinished project that you had really wanted to complete this year and you just didn't. Whatever it is, you can apply this framework to that setback. And so the first thing that I want you to do is write down the story of what exactly happened. So if you, let's use an example from my life. So a few years ago, and I've talked about this a little bit before on this podcast, but a few years ago, after my divorce, I was in a relationship that ended and I was devastated about it. I was like, so confused. I thought for sure that that had been my person that I was going to be with in the long term. And I was heartbroken even more than I had been about my divorce. And it really felt like a big setback. It felt like all of a sudden, all of the things that I thought I was sure about were no longer true. And I felt lost and unsure of where to go from there. So that was something that I viewed as a pretty big setback was that breakup. So the first part of this process is that you want to write the story of exactly what happened. So in my case, I would write down the story of this breakup. And when you do this, I want you to do it as sort of a stream of consciousness, thought download, don't edit yourself, don't worry about what you're writing down, nobody else ever needs to see this, just put everything about the situation down on paper, get it out of your head and onto the page. Um, or onto the computer screen, whatever floats your boat. And just write everything down. Describe what happened. Describe the events surrounding this situation. All of it. Okay? Just write down the story. Because I think a lot of the time when we have any sort of a setback or a failure, we can be a little bit hesitant to fully look at it. We almost want to hide the full truth from ourselves. We're scared for some reason, to look at what happened or to really go there and look at the painful parts of this setback or this failure. But when we hide ourselves from the truth, when we shield ourselves from the truth, we really can't learn anything about what happened, right? We can't move forward in any way other than just wallowing in the despair from the failure or the setback. So I want you to really write down the full, blunt, honest, unedited story about what happened so that you can have it all out on paper and then you can use it to move forward. Okay, and so then step two is once you've written down the story, I want you to go through and circle the things that are actual facts. When we tell the story of anything in our lives, It's all through the lens of our bias and our interpretation. So 
we're never just thinking about just the facts, right? We, even if we think we are, even if we are recounting the story of a failure or a setback and we think that we're being super factual, there's always going to be interpretation and emotion that comes into the mix. And there's nothing wrong with that, of course. Like That is why we are human beings. We have varying interpretations of everything that happens in the world around us. That's what creates the experience of our life. But I want us to create the experience of our life intentionally, right? So the first part of doing that is to really separate in your story that you've written down about this circumstance, separate out what are the actual facts, okay? So go through, circle things that are factual. So in my case, like if I'm talking about this story of having a breakup, the fact is this person said he no longer wants to be with me, or he said whatever other thing, or he did this particular thing, etc. Okay, those are the facts. So I want to go through and circle what is actually factual, the things that other people could observe, the things that are provable in a court of law, the things that are not debatable, things that actually happened, things that people actually said, etc. And then once you've gone through and you've looked at what the facts of your story are, you can then see that the rest of what you've written down and probably the bulk of what you've written down is all just your interpretation. It's all just your thoughts about the events that actually occurred. It's what you're making it all mean. Okay. And I want you to do this from a compassionate place, not a judgmental one, but I want you to look through the story. And when you take out the facts and you see all of the interpretation that you're putting on those facts, I want you to really get clear with yourself that all of that interpretation is actually optional. And so there's room there as you're looking at your story, as you're looking at all of the emotion, the interpretation, the biases, the lens through which you're viewing it, the the things that you're making the story mean, as you're seeing all that, you might find that there's space in there to think about some of the events that have occurred differently. So if I write down my story and the fact is that this ex said this, that, and that, that he did this, that, and the other, those are the facts. And then I see that my interpretation is he doesn't want me. He never loved me. He was a liar. Um, now I'm going to be alone forever. Like this is really scary, etc. I can see that those are all just my interpretations of the actual things that happened. And I can give myself compassion and a little bit of space to sort of question whether I want to be thinking about this situation in that way. Does it serve me to believe that this person that I truly loved and wanted to spend a long you know, amount of time with, does it serve me to think, oh, he never loved me? Probably not, right? Like that just feels horrible and painful. And I don't even know that that's true. In fact, it probably isn't even true. That probably isn't the reason why he ended the relationship. So why would I sit there thinking that and just causing myself more suffering on top of a situation that was already painful, right? So that's the second step of the process. After you've written down your story, you go through, you circle the things that are factual, and then you look at the rest as your interpretation and what you're making the story mean. And you just kind of give yourself a compassionate amount of space to reflect on whether you want to be thinking about the events that occurred in that particular way. And in some cases, maybe you do, 
right? In some cases, you might like your interpretation and you might want to stick with it. And that's totally fine too. This isn't about like swapping out all your thoughts. This isn't about some sort of false positivity where you just try to turn something shitty into this like rainbows and daisies story. That's not what I'm saying at all. But you want to give yourself a little space to decide whether you want to continue to interpret the story in that exact way that you are. And then the third step is I want you to ask yourself a really important question. When you ask yourself sucky questions, you get sucky answers. So like about my situation that we're talking about for this example, if I was like um, asking myself the question, why didn't he love me? Like what's wrong with me? Those types of questions would probably give me really shitty answers. My brain would come up with all kinds of things like, well, you know, you did this wrong and you're this and you're not good enough in this way, etc. And none of that is helpful. So when you want to generate really good answers from your brain, you've got to ask yourself really good questions. And so the third step here is I want you to ask yourself, how is this situation actually perfect right now? And your brain's going to be like, ugh, what? Like this situation is not perfect. But I want you to just really keep asking, like, how could this be perfect for me? Or a sort of spin on that question, how could this be happening for me? How could this be happening to my benefit? How's this actually perfect for me? And if you keep asking and keep thinking about that and letting those good questions kind of marinate in your brain, you might start to come up with some ways that this situation that feels like a failure, that feels like a setback is actually a good thing. Even if it's just a little whisper of like, well, maybe this could be good because X, Y, and Z, just opening your brain to that possibility that this is actually happening to your benefit is a good thing. And that sort of little whisper of possibility will start to eventually snowball into a bigger belief and a bigger knowing that this setback is actually setting you up for something better. So in the example that I'm using, if I had asked myself at the time, how is this breakup actually perfect for me? My brain probably would have been like, oh my gosh, it's not, it's terrible, it's the worst thing ever. But if I kept asking, there could have been a little whisper of like, maybe there's something better yet to come. Maybe it's that he actually isn't the person that I want to spend a long portion of my life with. Maybe there is something there that I'm not seeing about our compatibility or about our future. Or maybe he's fantastic and everything could have been great, but I want something phenomenal and I wouldn't have had that with him. So there can be just a little bit of room for this really sucks, this hurts, this is hard, this feels like a setback. But maybe, just maybe, it's setting me up for something that I can't imagine yet that's going to be even better than this. And then after you've really kind of gone down that road of how can this be perfect for me? How can this actually be happening to my benefit right now? And you come up with some possible ways that this might be helping you or moving you forward, then I want you to actually make a plan to move yourself forward based on this situation. I want you to actually create an intentional plan for making this into a setup for something better instead of just wallowing in the setback. And so in the case of this breakup example, if I were to make a plan to move forward, I could really decide to maybe give myself a little bit of time where I just get to grieve the loss 
And then I could intentionally decide when I want to start maybe dating again or finding a new partner. Um, How will I know that I'm ready for that? And what will that look like? And I can take the things that I've learned from this breakup and this relationship and use them to propel me forward and be an even better partner in my next relationship and be even more true to myself and not settle for people who maybe aren't actually up to the standard of what I want. In the case of this breakup story, that's for sure what I figured out. After I sort of grieved the loss of the relationship, as I kept thinking about how this is happening for me and as I kept thinking about how to move forward with intention, I really realized that that breakup is one of the best things that could have happened to me because if it hadn't occurred, I might have stayed stuck with someone who wasn't actually truly aligned with my values and what I want. I might have been swept up in the positive parts of our relationship and just kept ignoring some really glaring red flags that were there. And I can really view the relationship ending as something that set me up to have so much more love, authenticity, and connection in my future relationships. So you want to really look at how this could be happening for you in step three, and then in step four, make a plan to move forward. And that'll look different depending on what exactly the setback that you're looking at is. So that's the four steps that I like to use where you write down the story first and foremost, unedited, just get it all out on paper. And then you look at what the actual facts are and what is your interpretation of those facts. And then you ask yourself a high quality question of how is this situation actually perfect for me right now? How is this happening for me? And start to come up with even tiny whispers of ways that this setback might be setting you up for something better. And then you make a plan to move forward with intention. And again, you can apply this to any sort of setback or failure in your life. So that's an example relating to a breakup. Maybe you haven't had a breakup. Maybe you had the goal this year to sort of reignite the connection and the passion in your marriage, and you're feeling disappointed that you didn't really meet that goal and you didn't really get to the place that you wanted to get in your marriage. You can apply the same process. You can write down what exactly has been going on in your marriage, separate out the facts versus your interpretation. Ask how this actually might be perfect for you. So for example, if you've been wanting to reignite the connection in your marriage and you just feel like you didn't really get there and you're feeling frustrated with this supposed setback, maybe it's actually perfect that things went the way that they went because you've been forcing something that you wanted for the wrong reasons or because you now get to learn something about your partner that you otherwise wouldn't have known. So there's always something that you can find in any given situation as to why it's actually perfect for you, even when it feels like crap at the time. And then you can make a plan to move forward with your knowledge that you've gained from this exercise. So maybe you didn't succeed in getting to the place in your marriage that you wanted to get, but now you can use that knowledge to create some different plans for this upcoming year and figure out how to make this setback set you up for an even more amazing year in your marriage. Maybe you want to apply this process to a financial goal. So maybe you feel like you failed at um, paying down a certain amount of your student loan debt, and you're frustrated with yourself, and you're disappointed because you had this goal and you just really didn't meet it. Well, again, you write down the story, 
You separate out the facts, like what actually happened. Did you not save the amount of money that you had planned to? Did you have an unexpected expense come up? Did you decide to spend money on something that you didn't actually need instead of paying it towards the debt, etc.? Just really get clear with compassion for yourself on the facts of the situation versus how you're interpreting those facts. And then you can ask, how is this actually perfect? So why is it perfect that you didn't pay down as much of your loans as you thought? Well, you actually were able and had the capacity to pay for something really important in your household, like a new water heater or whatever. Um, And you had the ability to do that when you really needed to. And so, yeah, it's perfect that you didn't pay down your loans because you had the flexibility to use your resources to pay for something that was actually essential and the loans are just not an emergency, right? So there could be things like that of how is it actually perfect? Maybe what's perfect about not meeting your financial goal of paying down your debt is just that you really get to be on to yourself and get even more um, clear and intentional with how you're allocating your money. Maybe you learned that you budgeted a certain amount for your monthly expenses and it was just really not enough and you actually need to account for more monthly expenses or you need to find a way to decrease your monthly expenses, whatever it is. You can always find how this is actually helping you and how it's to your benefit. And then you make your plan to move forward so that this setback actually turns out to set you up for something even better. So because now you've recognized why you didn't meet that financial goal of paying down a certain amount of student loans, you can plan accordingly and adjust things so that in this coming year, you're much more likely to meet your goal and maybe even exceed it because you've learned so much from this current setback. So that's what I've got for you today, my friends, how to turn any setback into a setup. There is no downside to viewing our setbacks as setting us up for something better. And so I highly encourage you to try this process. And of course, if I can help you in any way, don't hesitate to get in touch because you know that I love to hear from you. Okay, my friends, I hope you have the best week and I'll talk to you in next week's episode. Take care.